Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Believe in Everything Auburn is brought to you by Bet Online. The last of the major pro sports league kicks off this weekend, and Bet Online is your top spot for all your NBA action this season. And with MLB postseason, NFL, and college football in full swing, Bet Online is the number one source for wagering, news, odds, trends, and predictions. You can get everything NBA at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access for every sport any time. So head to bet online today to get in on the action and don't forget to use promo code believe to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That is B L E A V bet online where the game starts. You where good, Jay? I know I'm just over here moving stuff the screen is shaking and (laughs) gosh you know my bad people you know that's just you know my nerves just a little shot you know we was 14 14 first half and third quarter just had so many opportunities and oh no we're still frazzled uh, the game just kind of got away from us a little bit there and you know, I'm just still in shock ways a little bit. That <laughs> what is happening? Yeah, you know, just just War Eagle, everyone. Welcome in to Believe in Everything Auburn. Taylor Davis, Jason Campbell, up to our usual antics, but welcome to the podcast, everybody. Hope you have had a great week since we last spoke. Unfortunately, it included another Auburn loss, and as Jason said. It uh, certainly was within reach. Tigers ending up leaving Jordan-Hare just 28-21 to 21 loss to Ole Miss. So we'll get into all of that. We've got another SEC game ahead at home as Mississippi State comes to town. They, too, are in a difficult season and struggling to find some offensive continuity, have had to rely heavily on their defense. So some very similar storylines here. Speaking of similar... If you're not going to be at the game this weekend and you want to catch either radio or television, you will get us either way. Jay and I will both be on the coverage for the game this weekend. I will be on the television broadcast, sideline reporter for SEC Network. Jason, of course, color analyst as always on radio. So we will both be covering the game this weekend, which is so cool. That has never happened before. Uh, So I'm super excited to be back on the planes and uh, for both of us to cover the same game. I think that'll be so cool. Yeah, that'd be real cool. And you want to, you know, tune in every now and then if, you know, I know y'all would prefer to, to listen to Taylor and, and the squad, but just Please. put me on just put me on Facebook Live <laughs> sometime and just just look at the screen at Facebook Live Arbor Sports Network. You'll see me. You know, but you I know y'all I, yeah, but I know y'all want to listen to the money. So <laughs> no, listen to the no, listen to the TV aspect, but you know, every nah, now and then, nah. every now and then just have both on so you can hear hear both of us talk about the game. There you go. They'll they'll get us both. I think that's super cool. But oh, man. Uh, look, I mean, ugh, Jay, it's, it's tough to come on here and try and spin the same thing in a different way, which we kind of feel like we have to do. But, um, the story of the season is the story of the season. And I don't think no matter how you slice it, that's going to change. And the narrative was the same this past week as it's been in weeks prior. And it's why, unfortunately, people are getting very frustrated. I think it's more about what we've talked about on here a few weeks 
It's the way in which some of this is unfolding. It's not just the results. It's the way we're getting them. Uh, the boos were substantial when we brought in Holden to attempt a double pass trick play as if we're even successful on single pass plays. And there was one blocker that was shoved to the side. Holden gets sacked, sets up a third and 19, and we have a run play up the middle with Jarquez for four yards. That's when people got frustrated. And it's not, it wasn't when we lost. Heck, that was still in the third quarter. It's frustration with a lot of these decisions. It's frustration with not understanding what even is driving this thing right now. We have, we're getting illegal substitution calls because we're still rotating these quarterbacks at a ridiculous rate. So I don't think that we can shy away from that aspect of this, Jay. And when you look at this offense, that certainly is going to have to go back to the drawing board in a multitude of ways in the offseason. But to close this season out and to try it, we still can very much be bowl eligible by the end of this thing. You just, this week is a must win, you feel. But um, another week of offensive just mess. Uh, talk to me a little bit about what you saw and um, kind of what you were experiencing being being there in person. Yeah, uh, definitely a lot of excitement. You know, first and foremost, I'd like to give a shout out to the Auburn fans. Uh, Y'all definitely showed up and showed out. It was a it great, great atmosphere. It was crazy. It was uh, energetic. All the things that we expect in a night game in Jordan Hare. In Jordan Hare. Somebody got on to me for saying that. So, you know, I expect it was a, a great night game. And the thing that I took away the most was we got to be more patient offensively. Um, okay. You know, like – Reason I say that is early in the game, we got the run kind of going. We was able to break up, break a few. You know, Robbie starts the game off, but then immediately we go into the quarterback rotation. <laughs> so, you know, and then after that standpoint, you come out after halftime. It's early in the third quarter, and Ole Miss gave us every opportunity to take a lead in that game. You know, yep. they missed the field goal because they weren't able to attempt it from a high snap. You know, dart threw a ball out of bounds on a wheel route that was completely wide open. Mm -hmm. So we caught some breaks right there. That's a 10-point swing. And we kept getting the ball at the 40-yard line, the 45-yard line, right almost at midfield three times in a row. And we weren't able to do anything with those drives. And at the time that we threw the trick play, to me, that means we became very impatient. So we said, let's just do something wild. And yeah. we decided to try to try a trick play. And we ended up losing yardage. And it put us behind the, the sticks. And then at that standpoint, you know, you just only knew that our defense could hold Ole Miss offense for so long. They scored on mm -hmm. the first two drives. After that, our defense settled in, was playing really good defense at that time, had them to punt numerous times in a row, giving us an opportunity to, to take a lead. And, and you just know, Taylor, at some point in time with a high-powered offense like that, they're going – they're going they, to figure gonna get it tired. out. Yeah, our guys mm -hmm. going to get tired, and they're going to bust a few plays. And that's what happened yeah. to us early in the fourth quarter. Guys got a little tired defensively and everything. But we got to be patient enough to say, hey, if one guy's rolling offensively, just stick with the one guy. You know, yeah. just, just let it go. Let it roll, you know. Let the guys get into a rhythm. Let the the receivers, the running backs, the old line get into a rhythm with one guy. And when you get to those those certain situations, like okay, if it's not first and fifteen, but it's second and seven, let's not do something out the norm to make it 
third and 15 to third and 19 like we did yeah. with Holden. At that point in time, there was no reason why sneaking Holden in the game was going to change or shock anyone because when they saw him come in the game, he hasn't played since probably Sanford game or even earlier than that, the UMass game. Yeah. And you throw him in the game right there at the receiver position. Okay, ding, ding. Everybody knows he's out there for a reason. It's probably going to be a double pass. You know? Right. Uh, it was also tied at that point. So I don't right. think you throw all of these metaphorical Hail Marys at that point. It was the five minutes left in the third quarter tie ball game. Well, why? Right. And that goes back to being impatient. You know, yeah. like we got to be a good point. Yeah. We got to be more patient, you know, yeah. and understand, hey, you're in the game. You know, you're right there. We have the ball, you know, so they don't have the ball. We have every opportunity to go up and take a lead. So right. we just got to be in that position. And when it comes to the quarterbacks for me, Robbie is kind of used to the situation of playing with two guys. You know, he kind of did that a little bit with um, what's my guy that just left? Uh, TJ. TJ. TJ Finley. He kind of did that a little bit with TJ Finley. So, you know, I'm pretty sure it still bothers him sometimes too because he would like to get into a rhythm. But mm -hmm. I feel like Holden hasn't ever participated in anything like this. So I think for him, it probably does bother him more because, you know, a veteran guy having to change like that in and out, it can it can mess with your mindset. It can mess with your rhythm a little bit. So, yeah. you know, I think that's why I say they just need to kind of give the guys a little bit more opportunity and be patient with one guy and just let this thing roll for a little bit, whether it's Robbie, whether it's Thorne. You know, yeah, a certain situation may say, hey, this guy go in, that guy. But you saw Taylor in this game. We'll get two situations, and then you can move to the Nets. Right before the half, you know, Robbie has to learn this as well. Hayden did the same thing in the fourth quarter. If you got the ball, you have a chance to take a lead, and there's a certain amount of time on the clock, and it's a two-minute drill. After sudden change or, or turnover, on, turnover on downs or whatever it is, What's the first thing a defense expect you to do offensively is to take a shot. So if a coach is going to dial up the shot and say, hey, I'm calling a deep route here, but you got to protect me that if we don't get the coverage we're looking for, just check the ball down so we yeah. can continue moving. First play, Robert just chunks it deep, right? In the double coverage, she gets intercepted. You know, I like, man, that's something that got to be emphasized. You know, like you got to know that. And then right. Peyton Thorne in the fourth quarter, same scenario. It's five minutes something to go in a game. You're across the 30-yard line now. You have a shot to score quickly. We still got three timeouts at that point and get the ball back. Coach calls another deep shot. If you get a certain coverage, he wants you to take the shot. But if you don't, he wants you to check the ball down. And there again, pre-snap, we just take the snap and we just chunk it right in the double coverage and it gets intercepted again. So those things, we got to stop losing football games on situational stuff we got to honed in on that stuff weekly and daily because you can't expect guys to just know it we just got to yeah. make sure that we emphasize it even if they get bored and tired of listening to it we got to make sure we do that we talked about it last week and it felt like it was very much on display this past weekend that this refusal to deviate from this system is doing more harm than good. I mean, when I saw Robbie get the start and then on the broadcast, they said Hugh was calling the plays when Robbie was in, that Hugh is calling Robbie's package. So I kind of thought it was what we suspected. Maybe we go with him for the half, you know, and just see, like we said, Ole Miss's defense is solid, but they're not top of the pack. You know, they're somewhere in the middle. So Robbie actually could 
potentially have some success specifically with his ability to extend plays and be dynamic outside of the pocket. And maybe if you stick with him for a half, he can settle into a little bit of, of a rhythm in the passing game. Second series, Peyton comes in. Like, I just, I don't even understand the the method or the logic. It feels random. I know it isn't, but it feels random because the purpose doesn't seem to be materializing. You know, if you do think you have an edge with one versus the other and against whatever coverage you're seeing, it's not working. So I don't understand the refusal to just stick with one of them when you're not having success doing it the way you're doing it. And it's just like what you were saying, though. It doesn't only frustrate the quarterbacks when they're probably going in and out, but it probably frustrates the offensive line and the receivers because yeah. you can't really get into continuity with one with one quarterback because you got to catch balls from two different guys. So you don't know which one's throwing you the ball in the game, you know, when you're out there. So it can be a lot of different confusion. And in order to cut down on confusion, what you have to do is do what? Maybe limit the playbook. Yeah. Maybe maybe tone it down a little bit. Maybe tone down the in and out of the quarterbacks going in and out. You know, I'm okay with you if you just say, hey, I'm going to give you a half and I'm going to give you a half. I am the same you know, way. That way, at least, you know, from a quarterback standpoint that – I don't have to look to the sideline wondering if they're going to wave me to come out of the game or, yeah. or I'm going in the next series or not. I know I got this whole half. And then the other guy know I got this whole half. So that way mm -hmm. you know what's going on. And then once you see both of them play a whole half of football, I think then you make a decision to say, which one has better chemistry with the guys? Yeah. And this is what we're going to go with moving forward because, you know, we're heading into week, what, week eight and, nine. you know, yeah, week nine and, you know, this still seems to be a, a, a an issue, and you know, it, it's just tough to 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 try to get into the minds of those kids and the minds of you know what's going on here because everyone wants to know what's the end goal. You know, yeah. so we're rotating quarterbacks. Why are we rotating quarterbacks? Like, what's the end goal we're trying to achieve with two quarterbacks? Because I'm gonna be honest with you, I've hardly ever seen a two quarterback system work. I've seen it be efficient a little bit. But for yeah. like working, it's very, very hard. Right. And at this magnitude, like we're rotating all the time. Like it, at least in week one, it was like, it was kind of a joke, but it was like, Robbie comes in in the red zone. Like that, it was, <laughs> right. you know, Robbie. or like, yeah, exactly. Or like what Taysom Hill is for the Saints. Like you, mm -hmm. you can kind of see the imprint of what he's there to do and how things change. I realize we're beating a dead horse here, but it, continues to show itself and be the story of the game week in and week out. But honestly, you know, while the quarterback situation is glaring and everything comes off of it, the offense as a whole needs to be a lot better. I mean, these receivers are struggling to create any separation. I, I mean, I will give that the offensive line at times have had issues with protection. Alignment hasn't been top. Like it's just, as a whole, the offensive side of the ball, and then, you know, you you throw in some penalties in there, whether it's a legal substitution or false start or whatever, it is it is hard to win ball games when you have this many things going wrong. But at, by week nine, I just expected some of that to have been fine-tuned or adjusted. You know what's also confusing? The last two minutes of the game, when we drive down, we hit Rivaldo for two completions and score. Why can we do that in the last two minutes? I say that in so many games I watch. Teams look so good in two-minute drills, and I'm like, where the frick has this been the entire time? Well, one thing is you said a two-minute drill is kind of like up-tempo offense. 
a lot of times guys feel better in an up-tempo offense because right. it takes out a lot of thinking. And then yes. defenses can't dial up certain blitzes because mm -hmm. you are going fast. And and they know that they, hey, they pretty much play zone most of the time. And if they're going to go to man, they immediately got to line up in it because you're going fast. Right. Uh, tempo is what we all thought that this football team was going to do this year. We started out the first game against UMass with it. And then once we kind of got, we did a little bit against Sanford. But then once we got to the SEC schedule, it's almost like we backtracked and said we're going to get away from it. And mm -hmm. I'm not sure if the reason is because we got a little thin on the defensive line and coach may feel like, OK, if we're going to go tempo, then we got to get first downs. Because if we're going to go tempo and we're three and out, now we immediately put our defense back out there on the field and these guys haven't got a rest yet. So that's the that's the only logic. But I think the quarterbacks operate better in tempo. I think, uh, you know, overall they do. Uh, I would like to see us get more of the tight ends involved early in the game. You know, we got mm -hmm. Rivaldo Fairweather, who's a huge talent. Also got Brandon Frazier, Tyler Fromm. If you're struggling outside to get guys involved in the game, then work your tight ends over the middle. We're a really good football team running the ball. So guess what? Yeah. Linebackers are going to flow. Get these guys involved in some nakeds and some bootlegs where they faking play action. They're getting outside the pocket where they can feel a little bit more comfortable. Change the pocket for these guys. Make defenses have to guess where they're going to be at. And tight ends help open up everything on the outside. And them, some of these outside receivers, once they get in the game, at that standpoint, I think they need to touch the ball early in the game to make them feel like they're a part of the game plan. Whether yeah. that's a hitch, whether that's a slant, whether that's a curl, whether that's a, a now route, which is what we call a bubble. You know, or a wide receiver screen. There's things that we can do to get them involved early in the game that doesn't have to be all the way down the field, and the quarterback doesn't have to hold the ball. So if we can do those type of things, now you get your offense into a flow because everybody feels like they're a part of the game, and yeah. you know, and any play can come to them. So we've got to do those type of things uh, if we want to be successful, and that's where I think it, it starts and stops because. We're probably going to be without our center this week. And, uh, and again, Avery Jones. Uh, Avery Jones got hurt last week in that game against Ole Miss. And then Connor Lou, who's a true freshman, who's a who, who really good. He's really he good. Had, yeah, and, considering he did pretty well. Yeah, for a 17-year-old, he's really good. And he comes into the game, and he does an outstanding job. Mm -hmm. And he'll be prepared this week with a whole full week to practice and, and get prepared. And I think the offensive line, for the most part, they do a really good job coming off the ball, running the ball. Mm -hmm. Now we got to utilize that in our play-action pass. It's yep. sell that and get guys open because we got to stop losing yards on first downs. Like, we start the game off, we run Robbie on the quarterback, lose four yards immediately you know we just gotta get into some flow and get into some rhythm and it helps when you slow down playing quarterbacks in and out yeah i think the tempo conversation is probably going to continue until we see it a little bit more especially given what the last two minutes looked like like you said but i also need them to look themselves in the mirror when it's third and 17 you can't yes. get penalized and give up an automatic first down when it's third 100%. and 22 Third and 22 in your head as a defensive player, you have to think like, okay, here comes draw, here comes screen, here comes something that they're going to try to get guys in front of them to try to get into a field goal range or, you know, not take a shot down deep because they know that you're going to be backed up, you know, right. defensively. So they give up 21 yards on a rush when it's third and 22. You got to be more sound. Uh, the next one, Eugene Asante, love him, great player, plays with a heart on his shoulder. Mm -hmm. You got to get your head up. When you're making a tap yeah. on the sideline. You got to get your head up. You no, know, it's about to yeah. be third and goal, 
and we hit a guy out of bounds, we give him another 15-yard penalty. You know, so yep. it's things like that, that defensive, although we play great at times, we play with energy, we got to stop it on the third and longs in those mm-hmm. situations that hurt us at certain times where we get those penalties that just, that just hurt you big time. Yeah, big time. Look, this game this week is very winnable. I – I don't mean any disrespect because certainly who are we to point the finger, but Mississippi state has problems. I I covered them a few weeks ago. They are trying to figure stuff out as well. They may be saying the same thing about us. That's fair. But I'm just saying when I look at these two, when I look at the matchup, when I look at the talent and the current status, this is Auburn's for the taking. And that is agreed upon. We're a six and a half point favorite in this one as of right now. Um, but Mississippi State, there's a lot of question marks with them. So as we kind of scout our upcoming opponent, uh, we don't really know the the status of Will Rogers, their quarterback who, to be completely honest, is in the wrong system this year. I mean, like this roster was built around the air raid and what Mike Leach had established during his time there and had certainly become successful with it. This was a high-powered offense. They were putting up crazy yards every single game. Will Rogers is now top four, top three in like every passing category in SEC history. Like this, that system was built for him. And then they bring in a guy that wants to do more RPO. They want to change a lot of his mechanics, a lot of how he's seeing and operating the game. And this is a guy in his senior year that was brought in to do something totally different. So it has not worked for Will Rogers this year, but his health the past couple of weeks has been in question. The Western Michigan game a couple weeks ago, I actually had that game. He went out in the fourth quarter and we did not know why we couldn't tell what had happened. And the school declined to say anything but he went to the locker room came back out without pads on and was done they had the bye week the week after and then this past weekend against Arkansas he was unavailable so Mike Wright gets the start transfer from Vanderbilt definitely more of a dual threat guy he's uh, definitely very comfortable taking off and scrambling he had 60 rushing yards this past week along with 85 through the air he had a touchdown and an interception so definitely not the uh, most efficient passer that's definitely Will's specialty it's it's eerily similar to our story you got a guy that you expect to be the more pocket passer guy and the other one who wants to take off and run uh what they do with the quarterback position is kind of a question right now their running back woody marks has been banged up pretty much all season but he's dynamic when healthy as is tulu griffin who's kind of their do-it-all guy he's their punt returner he's he's a stud so this is definitely a, a game that auburn can and should come away with a win and set up this last third of season well we have very winnable games ahead of us and you want to see us take advantage of that first of all third down conversions for auburn's offense yeah you know, right now we're 30 33 percent on third down conversions you know that's that's bad you know you but a lot of that taylor comes because we're in third and long situations so we're right. not in those third and two third and three situations where you can utilize the rpo game uh to have a higher percentage um, you know, our passing game is at 151 average per game. Rushing the ball, we 186. That's pretty good. But what has to change is explosive plays. Mm. Like, we don't have enough explosive plays. Quez Hunter had a 53-yard run touchdown last week. Uh, you know, just off of inside zone play, guys blocked it really well. Once he got past the linebackers, there's no safeties. He was gone. We just need more explosive plays. And it doesn't yeah. mean you have to hit your head on the goalpost every time with a huge play. What I'm saying is 
20 yards or more is an explosive play. Okay. How many times have we had 20 yards or more of explosive plays this season? We haven't had a lot, you know, so whether it's and it makes to, a world of difference. Yeah, it makes a huge difference. So we have to find out how to get explosive plays offensively uh, with what we have going on. And they can be there because we run the ball really well. Um, yeah. Defensively, just uh, continue to try to hone in, but – stop making the bad plays at the wrong time. You know, yeah. like you, I, I love your effort. I like the way you fight, but don't get those costly penalties. You know, we yeah. may win some ugly games here down the stretch. We do understand that, you know, the whole goal is to try to get to a bowl game now. And like you said, our next four games lines up for us to take them one game at a time before we play the iron bowl at home. But you got to make sure in this game that you come out and you play extremely hard. There's been a three to two game before between Harvard and Mississippi State. You don't want no three to two game, but I mean, they're is, coming off a seven to three. Right. They're coming off a seven to three game, but you're also playing against a quarterback. If Will Rogers doesn't play, I think if Will plays, it helps us uh, just because okay. he's more of a passer. He's not the threat of a dual threat quarterback. Mm -hmm. Dart hurt us last week because Dart could do what? He could run and run. throw. You yeah. know, so this other quarterback, Michael Wright, Mike Wright, he kind of fits their system a little bit of what they want to do is run the football and win ugly games. You know, yeah. Will Rogers wants to throw the ball around and, you know, and let's put up some points. So yeah. it's two different mindsets. And I think for us, it works better for us to play against another running team because we're predominantly a running team and we can win those type of games, you know, 21, 17, 17, 14 right now until we can get you know, where we're trying to get to. But there has to be a major, major difference this week in how we approach it offensively because mm -hmm. now you have five games left and you can't do the same thing in the next five games that we've done in the first seven. Look, I do think that Mississippi State's defense has certainly been their bright spot and they have one of yeah. the best linebacker duos in the country in Bookie Watson and Jet Johnson. We talked to the coaches about them a couple weeks ago and their coaches know that those two are probably generational dudes for that program. They fly around and they are smart cerebral players with a lot of experience. So you got to be keyed in on them. And their D-line has been solid. They've just been really banged up this this year. Don Terry Russell was helped off the field against Arkansas, and he's been playing because his brother, DeMonte Russell, has yeah. been out hurt. So there's just been a lot of moving pieces for them. But when healthy, they actually have a very effective front. So from the running perspective, you are going to have a, a very physical – they are big too. And then a linebacker tandem that is – uh, very cerebral, like I said, great football IQ. So it it will be challenging. I just think that this one is very much in our favor, and it's at home. So you got to come away with this win. Overall, though, playing against this Mississippi State defense who only gives up 37% on third downs, and we're only getting 33% on third downs, yes. this is going to be a <laughs> this is going to be a matchup for us offensively because I'm going to tell you right now what they're going to do is try to stop us running the football. And they're going force to force us to throw the ball. That's what they did to Arkansas last week against K.J. Jefferson. Mm -hmm. They loaded up the box, and they forced them to throw the football, and Arkansas was very inefficient doing that. So yeah. Auburn has got to be looking at, the, looking at the same tape and saying, expect the same type of defense. Expect yeah. them to come in here, eight-man boxes, and say, hey, 
we're going to force you to throw the football. And we're going to force you to do the thing right. we know you're not good at. Right. So we have to expect that and 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 pre be prepared. So I do expect uh, this team to come out this week, though, understanding we lost four in a row and you're just thirsty and hungry for a win. This fan base needs a win. This football team needs a win. This coaching staff needs a win. I'm telling you, Taylor, when you win, food tastes better. You know, you should <laughs> The sleep is better. Like yeah. I'm telling you, like the smile, your life just feels better. When you lose and you lost four weeks in a row, it is extremely, extremely difficult. So the leaders on this football team has got to step up this week and make sure these guys honed in and turn the table. Yeah. I, I mean, I can only imagine how the mental fortitude it takes to keep putting yourself through it and subject yourself to mm -hmm the practices, the workouts, the games, only to have disappointing results that, yeah, like you said, make it hard to sleep at night. I saw a video at the end of the game of J.J. Pegues waiting around to to kind of talk oh, yeah. to everybody. It was a really sweet exchange. He was telling everybody, like, man, I miss y'all. Like, I, it was very sweet. There was nothing, like, chippy about it or anything. He, he genuinely seems like he enjoyed his time at Auburn. He just – he needed to find a better situation, which which you respect. But – you could hear Luke Deal talking to him, and he said at the end of the game, like, man, we're struggling over here. And it is – it's hard to, like, know that they're they're feeling a little depleted, you know, at this point. Another game where it was right there, and you just feel like you can't get anything going, and then the result is going to be the same. So they need it. I, I agree with you. I think everyone needs it. I think it would be uh, a real boost – to have a, a win in Jordan Hare against an SEC West team, right. nonetheless. So uh, hopefully they're able to get it done. There's uh, a couple other notable games this weekend, one of which I thought was last week, but I don't know what day it is anymore. So <laughs> whatever. The uh, the cocktail party is this weekend. Georgia, Florida. Party. I wish we had a game called Cocktail Party. Um, we got the one called the Iron Bowl. Yeah, true that. And that one leads you to cocktails anyway. So, <laughs> um, do you think Georgia is capable of slipping this week? No, no, no? I don't. Okay. I, I think I really even think, without Brock Bowers. I think they feed off that type of stuff. I think they Kirby do. is a guy with an edge to him. Like this, just the way he coaches, and you have to understand this is a roster that they can it can plug and play at certain positions. Now, Brock Bowers is a one-in-generation type of tight end. That's true. But there are some tight ends that's on that team that can probably be starters at other SEC schools. So, yeah, And they had two weeks to prepare. So it's not like – I would have said yes if it was only one week to prepare. The fact that they had a bye week to get those other guys acclimated and then know who they're going to try to get the ball to, Very I think true. that helps Georgia in this game. Has there been a team this year – let me ask you both. A team that has had – a lot of success that has surprised you like you're surprised surprised to see how good they've been this year and a team that has not lived up to expectation this year oh yeah uh tennessee rings a bell not living up to expectations okay you disappointing know, loss for them yeah, this past Bama weekend. 20 to 7 and I don't know what Coach Heupel was thinking on some of those plays going forward at on fourth, man. fourth down, close to the midfield, giving Alabama a short field. Yeah. Uh, and when your defense was making it hard on them, having to drive the distance, like punt that ball, man. You're up. Agreed. You're in the you're in the lead. So that would be one. But USC, then wanted to blame officiating. 
Yeah, like come on, like come, come on, on. Like, they can go both sides. <laughs> like U S U S C lost to Utah with their backup at home. Uh, yep. you know, after they almost lost to Arizona. Yep. So being Lincoln Riley is a great offensive minded coach, but his defense never travels with him. Even at Oklahoma, mm-hmm. he didn't have a defense. You know, they had to outscore everybody. At USC, you're getting the same thing. You don't have a defense to stop anyone. So those two teams, yeah. for me, have been two teams shockingly. Also crazy, North Carolina gets upset by Virginia, the worst team in the ACC that's literally, you know, been up against so much. And North Carolina undefeated. Drake May is a Heisman candidate. Like, how that happens. That's college football for you, man. Any given week, you just – you never know. Washington – should have lost to Arizona State, you know. That's Literally just, you know, no right? offensive touchdown. Like Arizona State could have took kicked the field goal. They was up seven to no, they was up yes seven to six. Could have kicked the field goal, made it ten to six. Washington has mm-hmm. not scored a touchdown yet, and for whatever reason, Coach Dillingham decides to call up a play on fourth and three, and it's to the wide side of the field, and they try to call what we call a follow route, which is five yard in route to the field. It's a long throw. And lo and behold, they do it, and it's an interception for a touchdown, and that would win the game. Like, dude, like, kick field goals. Coaches have got to understand. Get, get your away, points. Get away from analytics. Analytics is losing a lot of people games. Like, yeah. get away from analytics and go with common sense stuff. Go with your points. Get your yeah. points. At that point in time, Washington struggled to score. Kick the field goal. They haven't scored Agreed. a touchdown yet offensively. So nothing tells you to do that. I could not agree more. That's going to do it for us here on Believe in Everything Auburn. Thank you so much for listening and following along. Make sure you subscribe if you haven't already so you'll get a notification every time we release an episode. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us on Believe's YouTube channel. We are on video every week as well. Uh, Share us on social. If you're going to be in Auburn this weekend, make sure you say hello if you see either of us. Again, I'll be on the broadcast for SEC Network. Jason killing it on his radio calls like he's been doing all season. So looking forward to being down there and then breaking it all down with you next week. Hopefully the first SEC victory is just a couple days away. So we look forward to all the action and we'll be back next week to cover it all. So enjoy the game this weekend. War Eagle. War Eagle, everybody show up, be loud. Show up, be loud. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.